Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast based around the principles of our non-distressed auction model and Australian real estate concepts at work today in the US marketplace. We focus on scripts, dialogues, real situations in negotiation, listing appointments, prospecting, and all concepts to do with real estate. We look forward to being real and rethinking real estate with you. Hi there, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Rethink Real Estate. Ben Brady here, running through the questions and concepts to get a seller thinking about price. This is part two as we continue on here and making sure that we're conceptualizing uh, our questions and asking questions because do you talk or do you ask questions is something that we always reflect on. And ultimately, one of the things that I've done, as I've mentioned in the past episode, is that going through and writing down all of our concepts and dialogues when it comes to making sure that we can get a seller to realize marketplace quicker is that they are all questions. Now, as I say that in a contradictory fashion, one of the things and concepts that I've always had within real estate is that I don't believe that we actually sell real estate. We actually manage greed for a living. And again, people might think that I say that just for a, for a, a you know a catchy phrase to get people listening, but ultimately I would love to see people argue something different in the sense that I do believe that greed is one of the major factors of why technology won't ever completely surpass the real estate agent because we are essentially in this day and age and this time either on team real estate real person or team computer doing all of the business. There is no real good amalgamation in between the two. And I do believe that there can be a suitable mix of both technology and real live interaction. But until we figure out a way that a computer can create an algorithm in order to manage greed, we have to make sure that we're managing it from a perspective of asking the right questions in order to get people's thought process accurate. So for example, one of the first things um, that I ask a seller in the very beginning, it's more of a statement and then I round it with a question, is that this takes a lot of guts in order to be able to say to somebody. But in saying so, if you've done everything right from the very beginning, you'll be able to say it. It's so simple, but it may be so effective. At the right moment, if you say, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I don't want you to accept the offer on the table because I would love to get you more money, but I need you to if you're ever going to sell your home. It's a moment where you're taking a withdrawal out of that seller's relationship bank account that you've built up for over the past few weeks with making sure that everything has been done accurately and correctly throughout the process. But I don't want you to accept this offer because I'd love you to get more, but I would need you to if you're ever going to sell your home. A powerful and, and, and very interactive script to have with your sellers. Now, another thing that we're seeing at the moment place, a moment in this marketplace is that some sellers that have purchased over the last couple of years, their home is now worth a little bit less than what it originally was. So one of the things that you have to make sure that they understand is that nine times out of 10 in real estate, you make money and 10% of the time you don't. But the real question in all of that, if I conceptualize it into a script, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, The thing that we have to get comfortable with at the moment is that nine times out of 10 in real estate, you will make money. 10% of the time, you won't. Can you actually come to terms with that? That question that you're asking them 
will allow, and that answer to that question will allow you to evaluate whether or not they will ever be in the position to accept that their home isn't worth as much as what they originally purchased for. And then it needs to follow with this dialogue. This is a really strong piece of dialogue and concept. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, the thing that you need to then ultimately determine is that is your motivation to get your price higher than your motivation to sell your home? What does accepting this offer allow you to do? What does selling your home allow you to do? Whatever, whatever, whatever position that you're in, there are some leading questions. So let's go through that again. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, nine times out of 10 in real estate, you will make money. 10% of the time, you won't. Can you come to terms with that? Well, no, 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 we can't. Well, we need to then determine now whether your motivation to sell your property and get your price is higher than your motivation to sell your property and move on. What does accepting this offer allow you to do? What does selling your home allow you to do? A great sequence of questions there, folks. Remember, do you talk or do you ask questions? Okay. Um, the thing also that we're seeing a little bit more of in a, in a marketplace that seems to transition into a market that stalls and goes over a period of time, gets slower and slower, is that a seller will say, well, I'll just simply keep my home if I have to sell it for less or whatever it may be. I'll sell something else or whatever it is, is that you need to remind them is that Mr. and Mrs. Seller, the decision that you're about to make is bigger than a week, two weeks, or even a year. In my eyes, I believe the decision that you're about to make, about to make is for a minimum of five years. And even then, let's say the market just stays the same. What do you achieve by holding onto the property? So let me put that back into context, folks. Mr. Mr. Sell, the decision that you're about to make is bigger than a year, bigger than a week, bigger than, bigger than two years. I personally believe that the decision that you're about to make is for a minimum of five years. But let's just say that the market stays the same. What do you achieve by holding onto the home? They might say to you that they own it outright and they don't have very high expenses or whatever it may be, but Mr. and Mrs. Seller, it's still wasted money if the market just stays the same or gets worse. Are you prepared to play the waiting game and the Russian roulette and having the pressure of timing the marketplace or to simply get the same price again at best case scenario when ultimately it's cost you money anyway and you're walking away with less? Why wouldn't we just live in the here and now? All framed up questions, guys, in order to get them thinking about the position that they're currently in. Folks, this is a long-winded one, but I do enjoy it because it does put it into context again of the situation. It's not really a question, but it's more of a, of a scenario that you're putting to a seller so that they can resonate with it and let them think on it. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I want you to think about the situation that we're currently in. We're both in a car driving to a destination. Now, we have a time that we need to we want to achieve by getting to that destination. You're simply you're simply driving. You are in the driver's seat and I'm guiding you. Now the gas light comes on and we have a decision to make. Do we either get off here at this exit, re-gas the car up and make sure that we end up getting to our final destination? We may be a little late, but we will eventually get there because we're taking the precaution of exiting now. Or do we continue to push forward on an unknown road 
and run the risk of running out of gas, and then it could be a really long road of regret ahead. This is really not unlike our situation, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, where you are in the driver's seat and you've got to make a decision that do you exit now and accept this offer and it might leave you a little short of the destination, but at least you do get there in the end. Or we can battle forward and I'll be with you the whole way through, but it could be a long road of regret ahead. Folks, trying to relate it back to a situation that they've had, and I certainly know that if somebody used that with me, one of the things that I love to do is run um, to an appointment, and, and I certainly believe that my car does it on purpose, is the gas light comes on, or the fuel light if you're listening in any other country outside of the United States, is that then you, you and you're pushing the appointment and you're not quite sure if you're making it, you're looking at how many miles or kilometers are left to the destination versus how many have you got, then you're running conservative to think, no, I can definitely get there. But, you know, guys, you need to make sure that you put it into context for a seller that they can relate to. The other thing that we need to make sure that we do is allow our sellers the opportunity to make mistakes. They are human beings. And one of the reasons I unbelievably love the auction process is because if a buyer is rejected at the very beginning of the process, if you handle it accurately and clear enough, you are able to hold onto that buyer the whole way through down to auction date or, where, or, or until the seller realizes the market value and continue to represent that offer. In a traditional transaction, they're presented with a great offer in the very beginning, but what happens is that they reject that offer and the buyer goes elsewhere and just simply believes that that seller wants too much money and it taints not only the property but also the seller's reputation. So one of the things that we need to allow our sellers to do is make mistakes and then ultimately it is up to you in order to help guide your sellers through one of the really powerful things with auction is being able to hold that buyer as I mentioned but being able to frame it correctly to get your seller in the right position. So say that you got an offer that's quite low. You'd be able to frame it to a seller this way. Mr. and Ms. Seller, I know that it would be ridiculous for me to say to accept this offer because it is so low. But if we have the, uh, excuse me, but if you had the property on the marketplace at this offer amount, don't you think that we would have a lot of offers? Well, of course we would, but we won't sell it at that level. Well, your, between your price and what this offer is, is where the marketplace sits and we need to figure that out. But Mr. and Mrs. Seller, the thing that I want you to do is agree with me that yes, this may be a low offer now, but if we get an offer that is at a similar level next, that we need to seriously talk about it. Because remember in the 24-hour meeting that I said that if we had consistently low feedback and consistently low offers that we can't bury our head in the sand, we need to think about them and talk about them. So agree with me now, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, that if we receive another offer at this price level, that this very well could be the marketplace. Guys, you've got to take advantage of that. You've got to take advantage of that offer being on the table and making sure that if history repeats itself, that you allow it to speak louder than words, okay? Allowing it to speak louder than words is certainly something that's important. Now, the other thing that we need to, be, we need to understand as well, and this isn't a question, this is getting to the pointy end of the process where the sellers are saying, well, these buyers are, all, the, all of these buyers are just trying to steal my property. These buyers are just trying to steal my property. You know, it's the auction process that's attracting the wrong buyers. Mr. and Ms. Seller, these buyers are not setting us up for a deal. They are telling us the truth. And they're not trying to steal it. 
They're not trying to, to steal your property and they're not lowball offers or lowball buyers. These are the people that don't want to buy your property at all. So they have absolutely no reason to lie. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, the people that are trying to buy your property are the ones that we can't trust their feedback because they have a hidden agenda. The people that don't want to buy your property are the ones where real credible feedback comes from based on them comparing your home to other homes that they have seen in the marketplace. So they are not trying to steal it. They are people that don't want to buy the property at all, so they have absolutely no reason to lie about price. It's a really interesting concept, folks, and most people can't wrap their head around the fact that the people that are saying no are actually the best feedback for a seller to hear, not because they don't like the property or they're not in a position to buy it, it's because they're coming from a third-party perspective and are not biased towards the outcome. Important to understand that concept. What do you feel we need to change to get your property sold because I'm out of ideas? This is, a, this is context, folks, to give you an understanding is that when you get to the pointy end of the process and there's nothing more that you can really do or that or your seller is simply not listening to you in any way, shape or form is starting to become unreasonable, you then go to them and ask them, well, what do you believe that we need to do then because I'm out of ideas? This is at the point of the process where you have to be willing to walk away from the business, of course, folks, but at the same point in time, if they're not listening to you, how credible are they as a seller? What are they likely to do? In the, are they going to listen to you when you do have a good offer on the table? Does your opinion mean anything? The next round. This is a process of elimination with them. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, do you think that I'm doing everything in my power to get your home sold? By the way, folks, that question should be asked so many times throughout the process because when you sit them down and you've got an offer in front of them and you can say then, Mr. and Ms. Seller, I've asked you this question so many different times and you've said, yes, it is time that I want to get you more. There's no question, but I need you to accept this if we are going to sell your home because you've said that I've done everything in my power. This is the market. But this is a process of elimination that you play with your seller. Is it, do you think that I'm doing everything in my power to get your home sold? Yes. Do you believe that I'm the right person to negotiate the highest price a buyer will pay for your property? Yes. Well, based on the feedback at $550,000, do you believe that if we achieve an offer higher, you need to give it serious consideration about accepting? No. That is where you have to dig deeper, folks, and go back and reflect. But Mr. and Ms. Seller, you're saying I'm doing everything in my power to get your home sold. You're saying that you know, you believe I'm the right person to negotiate for you. Why is it that you can't believe the feedback that I'm bringing to you on the marketplace? And because if we did get something that was higher than 550 my recommendation at the moment is that you need to give it serious consideration. Guys, a great process of elimination to get them thinking about price. Now... One of the things that you've got to be careful of is how brazen and brass that you can be when it comes to getting a seller to understand that they are the problem. Because there's two concepts that I'm going to leave you with here today. The first one is, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, what I'm about to say to you may potentially offend you as I've said a few times throughout this process, but I just want your permission to move forward and say it. Go for it. The only thing getting in the way of you selling is your expectations. 
It's not the buyers, it's not your property, it's not anything else, but your expectations of the marketplace. You are the only problem that's standing in the road of you guys actually selling. Now, folks, this is when you get to the pointy end. These are statements that are made. Now, the other thing that people often gasp at when I, when I say this, but again, if you've gotten to the point where your seller isn't listening to you, is that you need to bring up the word greed. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, the hard part about my job is having tough conversations with good people, and this is one of those times. And I've got to be honest with you, I've only had to say this a few times to people that I've dealt with, and it makes me nervous every time I've got to have this conversation with them, is that my job is actually to manage greed, and at the moment, the only thing that I can see getting in the way of this is your greed. Now, guys, a few of you are on the other end of this podcast listening and saying that there is no way, shape, or form that I will ever say that. But, folks, trust me, it's not what you say in that individual moment that will have effect. It's actually the next day that it will sink in or overnight that it will sink in or whenever it may be. It's not what you say today that will have effect. It's what you say today that will have effect tomorrow. It's interesting to understand and see how people recover from this. They don't accept it well in the very beginning, but they certainly appreciated at the end that you were able to tell them the truth. And there are certain ways that you can definitely frame these conversations up with saying to them, I'm nervous about having this conversation with you. Mr. Masella, can you please appreciate that I'm not simply sitting here saying yes when and agreeing with you when it could give you a false expectation or illusion of what your property is worth and put you in a vulnerable position where you end up having to accept later. My job is to maximize your result not have you regret your result. My job is not to my job is to maximize your result, not for you to regret the result. Folks, hopefully this has been helpful with you so far. Um, there's some more stuff that Jason and I will go through uh, over the coming weeks as well. But thanks very much for tuning in to Rethink Real Estate. Look forward to you tuning into another episode here shortly.